one from Amaya FM. I'm Courtney Brandt. As we come to the end of our first season, we're mixing things up a bit and looking at what happens when you put the energy of an entire communications team behind a project. We sat down with Ewan Megson at the Action Global Communications offices in Dubai to learn how his team became involved with the Al Noor Training Center for Persons with Disabilities, a 30-year-old UAE institution. I've been living in the UAE since 86, um, on and off. So. Um, Al Noor was actually established in 1981, um, so always been very, very familiar with the centre, uh, both the original one and the uh, where they're currently sort of based, which is in Al Barsha. Um, it, look, this, the school does a lot of really tremendous work for the community and especially for the students. Um, so it's always sort of been on the radar, both myself as an individual and Ian Fairservice, the managing partner of Motivate Publishing, uh, Motivate Media, I believe they're now actually rebranded. but. Um, Ian's been a board member for many a year. Um, and when Princess Haya effectively gifted them the land, when Sheikh Mohammed as well gifted them the land in Al-Basha and they built their own dedicated facility, it was seen as being the sort of um, the long-term security that the center would need um, just to continue what it does. Uh, it's obviously a very, very expensive school to run and they subsidize a lot of the students' fees. They'd had a very bad time with agencies and speaking to Ian, Ian, Ian asked if we could do anything if we were in a position to be able to do anything and I said look of course you know we've we've sort of um, had to do our own rebuild since 2015 um, and as soon as we got into a position where we were effectively in a position to be able to take on um, what was at first very low cost work but um, very much designed just to cover external fees uh, if we needed to hire photographers or videographers or media monitoring to track things for them um, I, I wanted to cover those costs um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty much 75% pro bono at the start. And that's, uh, due to the difficulties that the school's facing in terms of its, uh, its finances, you know, it's, um, it's always under pressure. So because of those realities, we've, um, we're now operating on a completely pro bono arrangement. So, um, it's a, it's obviously a small dent to us, but I think that kind of, uh, that fiscal dent is more than offset by the uh, ethical, moral, um, even just feel-good factor which comes of working with the school and the work we do for them. It feels like a very natural progression to go from a place of paying to say, look, we see and understand that your needs are either too large or your budget just really doesn't allow for PR uh, or marketing. And you stepped up and said, actually, yeah, just tear up the contract. Let's go for this. Yeah, um, much to their reluctance, actually. They didn't They didn't really want to rip up the contract. There was obviously set deliverables in there, which they wanted to commit to. And I think they were nervous that if we ripped the contract up, we wouldn't necessarily be there to sort of, I suppose, produce those deliverables for them. Um, so there was a little bit of kind of um, cajoling from our side that look, when this is for the right reasons, you know, it, it wasn't a huge, um, it wasn't a huge retainer anyway, as I say, it was just covering costs. So it's not dented us. Um, and also I think just from a kind of wider perspective, um, our own growth as an agency in the last year has meant that we've added a lot of the, um, services that we were having to outsource anyway. So we have our in-house photographers now, we have an in-house video production unit, we have creative services. And, you know, even from a kind of practical perspective, it's, you know, it's making use of cameramen, camera women, photographers when when they might not be booked out anyway. So it's, it's creating more content, it's getting more and more people involved in the production process of what goes on. So there's, a, there's definitely a kind of cascading of skill sets there as well from my own people, which is great. Um, but yeah, we yeah we basically ripped up the contract and we now kind of we're at their behest for whatever they want. <laughs>
and it sounds like um, you, you've mentioned how the team members are involved. Um, is it really, is it everyone on board, everyone has a piece of this, or is it specialized teams within your team? We, we kind of operate on a very sort of rough structure of a corporate and consumer divisions. Um, corporate tends to be uh, what I would roughly bracket as industry and industrial, but it, that also includes finance, technology, exhibitions, sport. And then the consumer is much more as you uh, expect. So F&B, hospitality, tourism comes into that. Um, so I'll know kind of, you know, in that kind of, I, mean, I suppose it's a, it's a school first and foremost. Uh, we don't have a lot of education clients. So, you know, I suppose a relatively newer division for us in that context. Um, but yeah, we, we, we did, the, t the team at the moment is led by uh, Deeksha, who's the sort of uh, account manager. She leads on the project day to day. And then Renine, an account executive supports uh, um, a bilingual um, sort of uh, resource that helps with media relations in English or Arabic. Um, and then I, I'm sort of down there as well as a very visible face just to kind of make sure that they feel that they're getting that level of um, that care. We didn't want it to be a pass the parcel project um, in the sense that, you know, it's just whoever's got the free time goes and does it. And I think that ownership is a really key word because every client wants to feel some form of, um, you know, that they've got account handlers that they know they can pick up the phone and call. So whilst it will evolve and we will spread it around different people so again that you know it doesn't just continually fall on the same people um, we'll do that in a very kind of balanced way so that the client feels like it's um, work is still being looked after by people familiar with the brand familiar with the events the activities and also um, familiar with the students I think you know when we get down there and we do events with them it's you know the some of the students do have mobility issues also learning difficulties as you'd expect and you don't necessarily want to be putting new faces in front of them all the time so that said you know we we as we've added um, you know the photography and the video elements like we said earlier there's obviously been an element of new faces they're relatively small functions for us so there's a familiarity it's the same people from those sides um, but I think um, from our own view it would be nice for other people to do it so that they get the experiences that Deeksha and Renine have it's you know PR is a funny business it can um, it's we see it very much as being a creative industry um, you know we are there is even our corporate division it works very creatively to find the right content solutions for clients whether that's written content or pitching them directly to sort of speak to press on their own um, but you know there's been a lot of stuff that we can we can do for the center um, but I think Deeksha and Renine, I hope they would say that they've taken a lot of it back. You know, this like this sort of pay it forward phrase or however you want to sort of wrap it up, this feel good sort of element, you know, it certainly exists. And um, when I've seen Deeksha and Renine's faces and they know that they've done a really good job on event and that that's got more eyeballs on the center and hopefully led to um, pledges of support, whether that's physical time or monetary, um, there is a real kind of, you, you can pat yourself on the back with it as well, which is great. For somebody like yourself who's a leader, when you look at the industry and look at marketing and PR, do you see this as a model where other agencies that this is the way forward, that you have your corporate and you have your consumer clients, and that in our portfolio we also will pick up uh, you know, somebody who is pro bono? And pro bono might be the wrong word to use, more like a relationship with someone in the community who needs help. Look, I think it's always going to be different strokes for different folks. Um, I think every agency is obviously, whether they're a global multinational, whether they're a sort of global independent like us, um, whether they're a boutique or a startup operation, you know, I think the, the bandwidth of that agency or the even the corporate social responsibilities of that agency are going to be very much dependent on scope, size, workflow, you know, and, and probably far more variables. Um, from our perspective, um, 
Yes, is the short answer. I hope, and I very certainly personally speaking, I, I would hope that more agencies that ha are in a position to be able to help entities, because I, I don't think it necessarily just ends at schools or centres for people of determination. I think there's a lot of giving back that can go on. Commercial realities will often get in the way. Um, maybe it's the cynic in me. I, I, I like to think that these things should be year-round. You know, I think peaks and troughs for things like this are not advantageous. Um, all because it just means that you might be upsizing on resources or bandwidth for a month and then you're kind of stuck when you really need it, which is all year round, right? So um, from that perspective, it's great for us that we're involved across the year. Um, I would hope that certain agencies that are bigger than us and have far more resources than us should definitely be able to give back in inverted commas. But again, you know, it's I think it's probably based on the individuals running agencies, the individuals working at agencies, the headquarters giving all of those collective individuals their instructions. Yeah. You know, again, I, we, we've been, I'll give myself a little pat on the back now, I suppose, but we, we've been very fortunate in the last three and a half years. We've gone from a nine person business to 32, at a time when a lot of our rivals are actually getting smaller. You know, part of that is down to a lot of the good work that's gone on here and you know people respond to that and buy into that and it creates a wider family feel and um and because of that my ceo was like she lets me do whatever i want really we'll be right back with more about the al noor training center and how you can get involved Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know about this other show we've been doing. It's an Amaya FM original called Tales of the Trade, where we feature Dubai's entrepreneurs and pioneers and the stories behind the ideas that they've brought to life. You can find out more, check out our episodes and even subscribe in this very player. Or you can look us up on the web by visiting talesofthe.trade. As there are many initiatives and stories we'd like to share, CSR1 asks the community to consider sponsoring our show to help support us. Please contact CSR1 at amea.fm. Welcome back. You're listening to CSR1 with Ewan Megson and Action Communications. We always like to find out about a special memory of the impacts our guests have with their initiatives. I think one of the biggest bits, certainly, that I was involved with, um, they've got these three students that they sort of tentatively dub BBC. Now, the BBC come from Bilal, Brendan, and Christopher. They're all great. They're not even kids, you know. I mean, I think, and I think again, that's one of the illusions about the school is that it's not all sort of, you know, 5 to 18. There's, there's adults, if you like, as well, who are there on a daily basis. Um, I think it was nine months that they spent with a chap called um, Amit Qatar, who effectively, he's, he works in UA-based media, he does training. He took the guys and donated uh, I think it was every weekend for the nine months, he basically trained the three guys on every Friday, right? Now, so again, individual, he runs his own business. He's taking time out of his schedule on weekends to be able to offer something back to the kids. We went in and we met Amit and the three guys, they were in there and they were, a lot of it's about confidence and about expression, um, but based on their own individual capabilities because they've all got varying degrees of uh, mobility challenges. So um, they trained for nine months and they learned how to interview, for example, asking questions, what type of questions, how to get the best story. Bilal is, um, he's got 
very, very acute mobility problems uh, that mean he, he can't speak. Um, he uses, he has, he has hand function, um, but and he uses what they call assistive technology um, to be able to effectively type into a computer that then serves as his voice box for him. Um, so his process of interviewing needs to be somewhat more pre-planned. So the guys had their training. Um, there was a gentleman, um, Sir Tim Clark, um, well-known across the region for his decades of work with Emirates and equally as importantly with the Emirates Foundation. And Sir Tim adopted a class. Um, now the class was actually for, um, I suppose, postgrads who are looking to enter the workplace. Sir Tim came in to sort of unveil a plaque outside the classroom and um, have his name put on the wall, other things, and he cut a ribbon and there was all that kind of ceremony. And all three guys interviewed Sir Tim live on stage in front of the board, um, family members, and also a few, obviously members of the media, which our team got down there. Um, and I think uh, seeing Sir Tim's reaction, you know, a guy that's, well, been there, seen it, done it in many, many different lines of work. Um, also, Sir Tim's wife is a huge supporter of the centre. So there was a real kind of, real kind of good feeling in the room. And you could just tell from Sir Tim's reaction that it was, you know, one of the best days that he's given up certainly for many a year and and i think seeing what it meant to the three guys was just incredible for me and for the whole team well to have the confidence and the professional skills to get up to address a room address a room full of dignitaries and other senior officials but then to 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 use those skills in practice amazing yeah, yeah it, it it really was very very heartwarming um there's been some other great stuff as well. You know, the, the, my team have supported on numerous events, certainly in Q1. It was a very, very important, strategically important time for the, for the center to be raising funds as we approach summer. Um, so they have their superhero fun run in March. Um, and then they have a big sort of um, fun fair actually at the center. They both happen within a fortnight period. So first and third weekends of March, both Fridays. So again, not just in office time being given up by the team, but they're, they're giving up their own weekends, never asking me for days in lieu. I know that might sound contrite, but other agencies, you see that all the time. Um, so, and then, you know, seeing the results of those and seeing money being generated for the center as the community rallies behind it, you know, lots of donations given in. Which which brings up a, a great question. And for those who want to be involved with Al-Noor or address some of the urgent needs, what would you say from the community? What, what could be given? What's the kind of greatest or most urgent need? Like most things in life, um, finances help a lot because you can those could be dedicated to specific projects they can yeah totally i mean depending on what level you want to go in at it's it really is a case of nothing is too small um you know and any time is also equally valuable they spend a lot of time organizing their own events and they, they very much appreciate extra bandwidth there when it comes to more people on the ground to help. And it sounds like you could be trained, even if, if you've not um, worked with persons of determination, that you could go in and there would be training or someplace for you to... Yeah, they'll certainly look after you. Um, I, I, I don't actually know if it's sort of professional level training in the context that you get a certificate out of it, um, but certainly in terms of being prepared to work in, in what can be quite a... Um, Emotionally challenging environment. Um, I think they, they certainly prepare you in that way. I think you can certainly approach the school direct. You can go to the website, for example, which again has been relaunched this year in multiple languages. There is a donate function with on the website needed lots of approval times from relevant ministries even to be on there. Thankfully it is. Um, so that's great. 
Um, you can assist, as I say, with time. You can organize your own events if you're involved with Alnor can't go. They used to do a lot of work with other schools um, where schools would have fundraisers. And then they're not allowed to do that anymore by approaching schools direct. But if schools put in an application for an event, it can still be done in, indirectly. So it's, it sounds like you've listed quite a few ways. I like the schools idea. I think um, hopefully we have some listeners that are involved at some sort of senior school level and could put that invitation out there. The, the limits of involvement are only restricted by the extent of imagination. I like that. Um, and so you've mentioned some things that are on the calendar. Is there anything that we can count on every year that's, that's on the calendar we can look forward to? Yeah, I think the Superhero Fun Run, as I mentioned, is massive. It's basically a huge, you know, you know the term cosplay? So massive dress I'm up. I'm a nerd here, yeah. Geek chic we now are. We're not even outsiders anymore. We're the norm. And this is every March. This is every March, yeah. They've actually, and again, you know, you talk about big entities that are doing their own bits. Comic-Con has partnered them. Um, they don't take any fee, and it's, so it's all in run in, in, in collaboration with Comic-Con. It's always, I think, a couple of weeks before the main uh, Comic-Con event. So it's an opportunity for them, definitely, to kind of speak to and galvanize a superhero-themed dress-up community just just before the show. Um, but again, I'm, I'm taking the cynical hat off now. That's I know I know the team at Informer Exhibitions and Informer Markets now. They're called very, very well. And there's absolutely no um, commercial return out of that at all. It's very much done for the good of Al Noor, which is wonderful. So um, yeah, the Superhero Fun Run's a big one. Um, there's They have an all year round store. It's called Smiles and Stuff, which is exactly what it puts on the face of people who go in there. Um, and there they actually sell products which are made by the students. Where's that located? That's within Al Noor Center itself in Barsha. You can find uh, information about it on the website. Um, but effectively, they they do a lot of baking. Uh, their cookies come in multiple forms and fashions and flavors, but they make a lot of textile stuff as well. So you can get uh, specially designed totes, which are obviously super cool right now. Um, you can get all sorts of stuff, belts, or various bits and bobs, which the kids make right the way from sort of mini fridge magnets all the way up to actual like fashion choices, t-shirts, dresses, and as I say, bags and stuff. So that's um, all the proceeds of that obviously go back to the school because it's their own initiative, which is great. So we've been doing a lot of work when it comes to kind of, um, we did some stuff around Christmas for sort of last minute stocking fillers, for example, which, you know, actually make an impression and don't just get chucked in the bin like most things at Christmas. Um, I think that's going to be an ongoing push for us, really. It's just kind of doing as much as we can with smiles and stuff because outside of the... Uh, if you like the marquee or the flagship events that they have, that's a way that they can um, secure uh, investment, really, revenue, donations, whatever you want to call it. But ultimately, it all goes into the, in, into the budget pot, right? And I think they can do that all year round through smiles and stuff. I think Ewan and his team at Actions Communications are setting such a wonderful example for other companies and individuals. They're not just creating a change at a company level, but igniting that giving spirit within the teams working on the initiative. And hopefully, as more people witness this example, and even as their employees move on over time, they'll take that spirit with them wherever they go. I hope that these things do snowball. You know, I think, you know, if, if, if we've just rolled the little one up now and we've just sort of sent it on its way down the hill, then yeah, I, I hope the hill's as big as possible and that snowball is as large as it can be moving forward. You know, we've, 
if everybody buys into this type of thing, you, and you're right, you know, I, I might I might lead this particular shop now. Um, the people or the person who might lead after me could already be here. Um, I would hope that they'd carry on that. Uh, I would hope, as you say, you know, we we might not we might have a very good retention rate, but I would not stand in someone's way if they had an opportunity to go, say, maybe in house or possibly to another agency, depending on which Don't one, if it was it, a very yeah. good job. Um, but if they, you know, if they took that spirit with them and they sort of, you know, they they tried to sprinkle a little bit of action elsewhere, then, um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be very personally and professionally content with that. You can find out more about the Alnor Training Centre by visiting their website, alnorspneeds.ae, and you can connect with Ewan and his team on the Action Communications website. Both links are in our show notes. This episode was hosted by me, Courtney Brandt, and produced by Chirag Desai. You can find out more and listen to all of our episodes on our website, amaya.fm slash one. I want to take a second to thank all of you for being a part of our journey so far. This is our last guest for season one. We'll be back next week with a special highlights episode and a sneak peek of season two. Until then, remember to be nice out there on social media. Think about sharing something for someone else.